What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 43 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Shouts to the good people at Body Armor, Combo Nation. We are out here. Today's show, Rashad Bilal joins in. He's a financial advisor who's built quite the following on Instagram. He relays a message about money and finances you probably can't find anywhere else. So follow Rashad on IG at Rashad Bilal. That's R-A-S-H-A-D-B-I-L-A-L. Also, man, subscribe to his podcast. Earn your leisure on your Apple Podcast app. And subscribe to Combo's Court, man. I know a lot of people are listening, but not everybody subscribed, man. Press that subscribe button. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Rate, review, subscribe right on your Apple Podcast app. Shout out to the Spotify community as well. We see you. Let's get into it. Podcast, man. We're here. We're here. Welcome to Combo's Court. Yeah, um, you know, I, I started a podcast. Um, I'm a financial advisor, um, and uh, you know, on Instagram and stuff, I post a lot of stuff about different financial topics. But I try to do it in a, in a different way um, right. because you know my background is sports, and I always love like entertainment and music and stuff like that. So I post about the financial side of sports, entertainment, and even like you know business deals and entrepreneurs that a lot of times people don't know, and I try to make it interactive and fun. So. That's kind of what my podcast is. It's called Earn Your Leisure. And we really focus on sports. So, like, right in line with what we're doing right now, right? It's just focused right. on sports, entertainment. And, um, you know, it talks about the, the backside of that on the financial end, um, deals and and different different things that we don't, don't usually think about. My partner in the podcast, he came up with that name. When I first started on Instagram, I was looking for a hashtag. And uh, we was just kind of going through different stuff. And he was like, Earn Your Leisure should be good. So, really what it means is that, you know um, – Everybody wants to, you know, have leisure, have fun, go on vacation and stuff like that. But you have to work towards that. So right. we talk about like financial literacy, investing and stuff like that. It's like, OK, do these things and then you can earn your leisure. Like you can earn the right to, you know, buy a nice car, buy a nice watch. Like, you know, you want to it's this steps that you have to take first. So that's really what the earn, earn your leisure comes from. It's like, you know, earn earn the right to, to live the life that you want by being financially sound and, and making good decisions. We went to prep school with us. My, uh, my, my fans, my followers, like, are very familiar with Foamy. You have any fond memories or interesting memories of prep school with us? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you. I don't even know if you remember. But actually, I, I have like a great memory. So I remember everything. So one, one. I remember one day we broke into. I think you was doing it for a while, but me, me, you, and 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 uh, Foamy. I call Foamy. Uh, we. <laughs> We broke into the gym at like one o'clock in the morning. Right, I and, do remember this. Yeah, so we had to sneak out the door. We broke into the gym and we was just playing at like one o'clock in the morning. And like I said, I think that you was actually doing that. You and him actually might have been. That was my first time doing it, but um, that was a cool. That was a cool experience, and that was something that I definitely, I definitely man. That was just us three at that at that moment. That was just me, you, and him. So that's something that um, sticks out to me for sure. Right, and I can honestly say we always got along. That was a long time ago. I I won't give our ages out, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> we definitely always got along back then, man. There was some fun times for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, I always wanted to ask you this, man. We never really got to chop it up about this. How was it playing in Hawaii, man? That, that must have been a different experience. 
Yeah, Hawaii was dope. Hawaii was dope. Um, you know, I started. I was in Maryland. I was in UMBC. UMBC is famous now for when they beat Virginia last year, the first 16 seed ever to beat the right. I remember that. I remember. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but yeah, I was I was there for, for my first two years, and then um the coach that recruited me had transferred. Well, he didn't transfer. He got fired. Um, so I wanted to transfer. So, uh, he kind of connected me with the coach in Hawaii. And long story short, they offered me a scholarship and. I just went sight unseen. You know, Hawaii is one of those things where I just kind of dreamed about going. Like, I, I never really thought that I would be in Hawaii, and then I ended up there. So it was definitely a major culture shock, major difference from the East Coast, New York. Um, but it's great. It's great. I encourage everybody to go. You know, the whole vibe out there is just so laid back. Everybody's in flip-flops all year round. Is it like, is it like living in a different country, or, or do you realize you're in America when you're there? Um, it's a little bit of both. It's interesting because – Everybody speaks English, obviously. And, you right. Know, it, it, it is like America. It's obviously America, but it is like living in a different country, especially the island I was at, the big island, where it's different. The culture is completely different. Like, right? Like, so it's it's like America, but it's the it's so far. Like, it's it's ten hour plane ride from New York, so it really it has nothing to do with America other than being a part of America. Like, they have their own culture, they have their own way of life, they have their own dressing, but it's still Americanized. So it's it's different. Um, it's a unique feel, but I definitely at times felt like I was in a whole different country um, because I was so far removed and just the time difference and everything. So it's interesting. It's an interesting place to go. And especially like just to learn about the culture, to learn about the people. Um, everybody's very welcoming. Everybody's nice. And of course, they have beautiful beaches and beautiful weather and all of that stuff. So, yeah, man, Hawaii, Hawaii was great. Hawaii was I, have, I definitely have to check it out. I've never been. And as you know, man, to, uh, it's an interesting segue, but um, Soldier Boy has been like on kind of like a press run, man. So when he's talking, he sounds like a little crazy sometimes, but then you just sit back and you're like, this actually might be the truth. Like what he's saying is actually the truth. And sometimes you have to remind people of what you've done. What do you make out of all this? Nah, Soldier Boy, I definitely I actually put a post up about Soldier Boy. No, I know, I know. Yeah, I didn't pay attention. So, <laughs> nah, Soldier Boy is, um, he's a legend. He's definitely a legend. And if you think about it, he's one of the ones that first pioneered this whole YouTube sensation and get yourself hot with a dance. And he was, he was an early adapter to YouTube. It, it sounds normal now because everybody's on YouTube, but at the time, nobody was really doing that. Nobody was right. That nobody was, he, he, he made tones. Like he kind of pioneered the whole hundred percent. Right. And independent too. Like you gotta realize this kid did it when he was 16 years old and he made his, own. that's why that beat, if you ever listen to the beat, it sounds amateur because he did it with like amateur like he just made it i don't even think he even knew how to make beats he just did it like yeah. himself so it's like he actually he changed the game a lot and kind of revolutionized the way that we consume music now it's like you know artists break on if you look at a kid like six nine you know he broke on youtube last year like i heard i didn't hear about him and then i just looked on youtube one day and he had like 10 million views on his video right soldier boy was kind of the first viral artist on youtube was and- bobby Schmurda like that a little bit too yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bobby Smurda too. Like I first saw the clip, I Bobby Smurda, I didn't know who he was. I just saw him throwing a hat. It was like a the meme. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I saw that before I actually heard the music or I saw the video. So now that's kind of commonplace. Like we we'll see the visuals first and then we'll hear the music. But that wasn't commonplace when Soulja Boy came out. So yeah, man, Soulja Boy, he's a hustler. Um, like you say, you know, it's he comes off a little crazy sometimes. But, yeah. 
But then you just you just sit back and everybody gets quiet in the room when he said something crazy and everybody just kind of like, yeah, that's true, actually, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to exactly. I wanted to keep it hip hop though, man. You know, I think you know Dame Dash would be a, a great guest for you guys. But a hypothetical question: If he was on the show, maybe it's not hypothetical. Maybe one day he will be on your show. Um, what if he just went out and told you, man, having a boss is like having a daddy? What 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 would be your response to Dame? I understand. I understand him. Actually, so when when he said that, when he said that in the Breakfast Club, yeah. And he, once again, he got a lot of because it's one. It's, it's a lot of things in life. It's, it's how you say. Th- it's not what you say. It's how you say things. Right. So it's important to you know you have to be sympathetic because most people have a job, right? So right. So it rubs people. The, it rubs people the wrong way, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. But I I fully understand what he was saying, and once again, he's another person where if you really listen to him. He says a lot of good things. Like he actually drops a lot of gems. He's just so abrasive with his message. That hundred percent. You can't get emo- you, you shouldn't get emotional when listening to something that could help you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, and I understand. I understand where, he, where he's coming from with that, especially like being an entrepreneur myself. You know, the freedom of, of working for yourself is different. Right. So like you can you know you get to wake up whatever you want. Right. You can take lunch. You can take as long as lunch as you want. You can go on vacation. It's like when you have to be somewhere at a certain time and then ask for a lunch break. And then it it is kind of like, after a while, you feel like, wow. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of dehumanizing in, in a sense. So I just, I It is. And I think just some people are don't even realize they're not happy with it because they're just so used to it, you know? Exactly. We're kind of programmed and it's like, we're just kind of used to it. But it's not really normal if you think about it. No, it's not normal at all. Um, keep it in hip hop, man. Tell, I want to hear your thoughts on the 360 deal. What exactly is the 360 deal? Because you hear everybody talking about it all the time. I saw you posted about it today. What exactly is it? And is it morally incorrect for record labels to do this? Or is it just like business? Um. All right. So the 360 deal, what it is, is that, all right. So streaming changed the cost of music, right? So 100%. Before that, it was, um. you would. You, would you know what's crazy, Rashad? Streaming been out a long time because they started streaming around the time we were in prep school and that's a while ago yeah actually yeah. you know what so, i mean <laughs> and we actually, yeah i actually spoke about that with my, with my friend on the podcast and we were saying that um so sean parker right so sean parker he's the guy that created napster remember napster of course that's what that's what we were listening to our music you know yeah. and burning them on the cds but we were still streaming it back exactly then, you know what i mean exactly exactly so sean napster so sean parker he created he created you know illegal streaming and it morphed into legal streaming with iTunes and Spotify and Apple Music and all that kind of stuff that we have now. We're just so used to it. But that cost the record labels a lot of money because they lost a lot of revenue being that people wasn't albums anymore. So now they had to find new ways to make revenue. Right. So they say, okay, the artists are making is making money outside of traditional music, right? Like they're doing in-store appearances, they're selling merch, they're right. doing commercials, they're doing all kinds of different stuff. Right. So now the record, the 360 deal is that they get a piece of every single thing that you do. So if you have a skateboarding commercial, they're going to get a piece of that. If you, you know, are selling sneakers, they're going to get a piece of that. So even that, even though it's not directly related to music, part of your record contract that you sign, if you sign a 360 deal is to say I, they're going to get a piece of that. And that's why it's called the 360, because it's like a circle where they get every single thing a piece of every single thing that you do so as far as it, is it immoral i don't really know because you know the record companies how they justify it is that they feel like it's artist development that they're putting money into the artist so the artist would not have 
these opportunities right for them so they need to that's true that. that is true that is so true. you know so that's one way to look at it but then you look at it, you don't really need a record label there's so many artists like chance the rapper he's independent and he got a grammy right so you know and there's, there's a bunch of artists like right now that have made millions of dollars independently um so but yeah so that's how the record companies justify and i guess ultimately it's up to you whether you decide to sign it or not, right, right. right. So, like even when even when I was playing overseas, there was guys like who would complain, you know, about what they got paid sometimes. And then, you know, I heard one time a teammate tell another teammate, "Look, you signed it, man. <laughs> what could you say? Yeah. You signed it." Yeah, I mean, the only thing with the overseas, um, you probably obviously would know better than me because I wasn't really overseas. I went overseas for a little bit, but it didn't really work out for me. But a lot of the friends that I have that played overseas, they would say like the money you don't get paid a lot of times on time or. It depends. I, I actually got pretty lucky with it, but everybody, if you play for a long time, you will usually find a situation like that. And the problem is, is that it's hard to sue because you're not familiar with like, you know, the laws. The, yeah, the laws yeah. out there and all that stuff. And it, and if you were to sue, you would have to be out there on your own. You know, it, it's tough, but there's definitely protections. There's definitely things like, like some teams can't start the next season until they pay everybody in certain okay. leagues. So there's things that can protect players, but you're right, though. There's definitely a lot of horror stories. But, um, yeah, man, let's, well, let's stick to basketball, man. What would you tell a young athlete who maybe didn't have a lot of money, who's coming into a lot of money, what would be some some tips, some keys to staying wealthy, staying rich? And, you know, we all seen the show uh, Broke on ESPN. Like, yeah. how, how do young athletes, how would they avoid that? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's tough, right? Because it's like, okay, you give a kid $20 million, $10 million at 21 years old, even if they have a good head on their shoulders and they're educated, it's, it's difficult to manage that. Like, it's, it's difficult for an adult, a regular adult that's 35. This is why, you know, a lot of people, like, they're very cynical about athletes going broke. But I'm like, okay, you're 40 years old. You make $50,000 a year, and you can't manage that. So right, how, right. How do you expect a 20-year-old to manage $10 million? Like, you know what I mean? You got to have some sympathy. So it's important to educate yourself and to keep good people around you, right? Like, so I think that, like, LeBron James is a case study because – you know, he here's a kid who comes from humble beginnings, didn't even have a dad at home, and he's done almost every single thing correctly, especially right. when it comes to business, right? He surrounded himself with good people, and he empowered his circle as well. So a lot of times, you know, your friends that you grew up with, they can either help you or they can hurt you. So, you know, if you're going to have just a bunch of people that's just leeches, that's just right. yeah, everybody yeah. got to play their part. So, you know, it, it really comes down, because at that age, it's even going to be tough just to educate yourself, but you have to fully surround yourself with, with good people, which sometimes that's hard too. Cause like, how, how do you know who's a good person or not? Right. Like, right. So was it, like, you think it was part luck for LeBron that these friends just happen to be good people? Um, I think he was fortunate. Yeah. I think he was definitely fortunate, you know, and, um, I guess he had good mentors. I know Jay-Z was close to, is still close to him. Right, exactly. I'm not, I'm not sure what other mentors he had, but I'm sure Jay probably helped him out a lot, like giving him some advice on, you know, different things. And, yeah. And, and yeah, I think his circle definitely helped him because those guys is actually smart. Like if you, like Rich Paul. Maverick Carter, very Maverick smart. Maverick Carter, yeah. yeah they, you know, they're, they're real smart. So I, I'm pretty sure that they're helping him along the journey as well. Like, okay, like, look, this is a good idea. This is why. Like the Blaze Pizza, I did a thing about the Blaze Pizza, LeBron. He's um he has equity in Blaze Pizza, and Maverick Carter brought the deal to him. So to have to have one of your best friends to have right. a smile like that, that's beneficial. That's helpful. Right, because I mean, when you're when you have an NBA season, you don't have all the time in the world, you know. Exactly. So it's exactly. good to have other people help with you out for sure. You know, right. uh, I I wanted to hear your uh thoughts on this. You know, I Doug Gottlieb on my show. I don't know if you're familiar with him. 
Um, yeah, I see you got a lot of good guests, man. I see. I got to see how you getting all these guests. You're getting a lot of people. <laughs> we'll set you up, Rashad. We'll set you up. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see. Man. I need help, man. You got Skip to my Lou. You got Tom Kali. You got yeah, man. We're just we're just getting Richardson. we're just getting started, Rashad. We're just getting started, man. But uh, yeah. but Doug said, man, this was his quote. All right, about college athletes, the NCAA. The kids are getting paid. The payment is in the degree, the experience, the coaching, the evaluation. There's no dollar amount that could actually account for what they're getting. Unquote. How you feel about this, man? That's bogus. That's bogus. That's bogus. No, disrespect. <laughs> no, no disrespect to him, but I think that's a company line. He has to, you know, be politically correct, I'm sure. But that's bogus. Um, that's bogus. Major sport, major football and major basketball. You know that half of the most of those kids. After the season is over, they're not even gonna go to class no more. As far as they're gonna be a top, right? Pick, they they done. Right, right. I mean, we saw in the Ben Simmons documentary. I mean, we, exactly. we I mean, me and exactly. you knew already, but we saw in the Ben Simmons documentary what happened. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, come on, that's a joke. Like, don't don't sell that. And it, it's a it's a billion dollar industry, um, especially basketball and football. Billions of dollars are made. So come on, like you you can't say that they're dead getting paid off a degree when a lot of these schools don't even graduate more than 25% of their athletes. So, and then you got to, um, you know, you, a lot of them, they, they, they're forced to take bogus classes and their the degrees are something they're not really even going to earn the money down the line. And long story short, this is America. Like if you are making money for somebody, you should be entitled to get a piece of that. And you should be able to go to school for free. Like, I feel like I don't understand the dynamic where it's like, okay, you're going to school for free or we're going to pay you. Or you could be a professor. You can't do both. Why? Like, why can't, like, people People go to school, if you have a scholarship, an academic scholarship, that's like say I'm going to give you an academic scholarship, but you can't work right. off campus. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why? Okay, I have an academic scholarship, but I still need money, so I'm going to work off campus. So that's what yeah. they're doing. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't understand why we still caught up in this, like, it's either or. Either you're going to get the athletic scholarship or you're going to be a professional, but you can't do both. Yeah. I, I was actually at a St. John's game today, and they ha- they were definitely selling the Shamari Pons jersey. So they're making some money off his likeness. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, many acts, Super Bowl is coming up. Many acts denied the Super Bowl, man. They, they said they're not going. Uh, Travis Scott agreed to this. What are your thoughts, man, on Travis actually going through and uh, being a part of the Super Bowl? Yeah, um, another topic that I touched on in my podcast. Um, you know, it's a slippery slope because right. um, I don't. You know, everybody has a right to do whatever they want to do, right? Um, so I can't really judge him on that. Um, but what I would say more so on the financial side is that so you don't you don't get paid to to do the Super Bowl. You right. actually have, we actually have to pay to do the Super Bowl. So it costs you money. So people are doing it for the look. Yeah, but then we have to ask, like, is the look really worth it? Like, Travis Scott is one of the biggest artists of any genre in the world right now. 100%. So I don't personally think that he needs to do it. If he wants to do it, that's one thing. But I don't think he needs to do it. Because, like, we saw Justin Timberlake do the Super Bowl, and then he dropped the album the next day, and it did terrible. So it's not a direct correlation that the Super Bowl is automatically going to take you to another level because Travis Scott's already on that level, right? So, right. You know, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, a lot of times we look, we look for validation in things that it, it doesn't necessarily give you monetary gain. So it's the same thing with, like, actors. I, I did a piece on that in Hollywood. Oscars, like, the top 10 people that made the most money actors in Hollywood in 2017, only one of them actually had an Oscar. So 
getting these awards and performing at these things, they don't necessarily help your career. So I think a lot of times people have the false perception that I need to do this to take my career to the next level. And, especially, and this goes back to the, even the 360 deals where the power's in your hand. Like even you, you, you have your own podcast now. Right. You don't need to, before it was like, okay, if I have a show, I have to pitch it to a major network or I have to, right. you could just put content out. Like you it's, make it's, your own YouTube it's super out. awesome. It's something you have to be grateful for, you know, for sure. Exactly. It's yeah. a game changer. game changer. So you hit me up on the gram, you know, you were like, this would be a great question for your pod or just for social media. And you know, James Harden, he's he it's undeniable how great the season's been for him. Like he's scoring on a pace that only maybe Kobe, Michael, and Wilt has been scoring on. But you know, in my opinion, KD is still the best scorer in the league. Just because James Harden is scoring more points than him doesn't mean he's a better scorer. To me, KD's more efficient. He has a better mid-range game. He's proven in the finals. What are your thoughts, man? Who's the better scorer? All right, so I'm, I'm glad I get to talk about this because I, I talk <laughs> about sports all day with like my friends and stuff, but. On my podcast and on my Instagram, I, I try to stick to just finance. Now nah, you have your niche, so you should, it's definitely so, great you're sticking with that for sure. You know? Yeah, so, but, I, <laughs> but that's, I like sports a lot, so I'm glad I get to talk about this. So my thing about James Harden is this. He can't – all right. He can't be denied as far as his talent is concerned. 100%. He, he has the second best handle in the league outside of Kyrie Irving. He, he probably is the most dangerous, most efficient scorer – I think KD is a little difficult because he's on a, a team with so many great scorers that, you know. Right, of course. It's a little of difficult. Course. Yeah. But, so to answer your question, I'm not really sure who's a better scorer. I'll go with James Harden just because right now the, the run that he's on is crazy. But my issue with James Harden is that he he's a legendary choker. Like, I've never seen Oh, somebody... my God. That's a crazy statement. <laughs> yeah, no, I've just never seen somebody just – Every single year, I remember one year he had like when they said they put the uh, uh, they put the curse on. What's the kid from the Bay, the rapper? They said they put the curse on him. Uh, I, I, it sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, I forgot, but yeah, he said he put a curse on him. Wait, was it Little B? Little B, Little B put the curse okay. on him. He had thirteen. He broke the record for the most turnovers. He had thirteen. I think last year in Game Seven against San Antonio, he had like seven points. And he, and the thing about James Harden is that he chokes with no apology. Like he went to the strip club. <laughs> He went to this little known fact. He went to the strip club that same night. So he doesn't even – and nobody, like, gives him backlash about this. It's like every single year in the playoffs, he finds a way to choke. And it's okay. Like, it's like not right. last year, two years ago. Two years ago against San Antonio, he had seven points. And last year he did decent. But it's like at some point, it's hard for me to put you up there if you don't perform in playoff time. Like, so right. that's my only thing with James Harden. But regular season – I, you know what? You know why I put him above KD? His handle, his handle is just is 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 different. But KD is just so much more efficient, yeah. and is and he and he has a better mid range, and he finishes above the rim better. I'd give that James Harden has better euros and floaters, but like from three more efficient, from mid range more efficient, from the free throw line more efficient. You know what I mean? But can you give all right? So here's the thing: can you give KD the ball and, and just let him just uh -huh. rock out? A hundred percent. Just you but, know, you you saw an OKC. It's the war. It's I mean, he's on a team. He doesn't have to do that all the time. All right, but as far as like point guard, like he can't play point guard. <sighs> we never seen it. I think he could get used to it. To be honest, if like you just gave him the ball, like let's say let's say he had Giannis's role on the Bucks, I think he could do it, and they would be a pretty good team even better team. And I think if you put him in James Harden position, I think the Rockets would be better. The thing about the thing about Harden is is that 
in, in a series, it's tough for a full it's tough for the team to stay in rhythm or a flow when he's in ISO mode so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, he dominates he dominates the ball. Like and also he doesn't even allow his teammates to to get an assist for them. Like like when, when I get like let's say I give you an assist, I get energy off that. It, it, I think it's tough in a series for him to play like he is and, and win deep in the playoffs. But I mean it's amazing what he's doing. Like the scoring is he's scoring on a pace that we haven't seen. Part of it's because he, he gets a lot of free throws, you know. That's part of it. But he's amazing for sure. So um man, I listen to Gary V a lot. He he once said, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this, that you know, when people don't have money, they want it, right? They think they keep money. But then you ask everybody with money, they'll tell you that's just not the truth. What what is the correlation between money and happiness in your opinion? Yeah, man, it's really it's a slippery slope once again because like I have I know I personally know people who are millionaires, especially you know, being in finance, I have clients that are millionaires on right. paper. And these people are some of the most depressed people. Like they have real problems. They I'm like, I'm on the phone with them and I'm like, you're worth one point four million in properties, like and they're like 28, 30 years old. I'm like, you have a lot of other things that you could be worried about right now. But so I, to answer your question, money, I think, can provide happiness if you're already happy, if you're already happy. Like, I mean, it's all about your personal mindset, because a lot of times it's a it's a race. It's a never ending race because you feel like you don't have enough. No matter how much money you have, you don't have enough because you might be in a nice neighborhood, but you might have the worst house in that neighborhood. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't feel comfortable. I, I need two swimming pools instead of one swimming pool. So money money is definitely important, though, and, and, and it can provide, you know, financial freedom, which can lead to you being happy. But it has to be other things in place. Like, you know, you, you have to already be a happy person and have that foundation. Because if not, I think it'll just amplify who you are if you're if you're already a miserable person you have money just gonna be more miserable if you're a happy person you get money you're just gonna be more happy so that's that's kind of my take on it and that's what i see um because like i said i do see a lot of people with a lot of money and they're not happy and they you know they have family problems they go through divorce well, that can happen with anybody but i'm just it, it's a lot of times people just think like if you have money it just cures everything and look how many people with money commit suicide so you know you can't really just tie money to, to happiness because I don't think that they're directly related. Yeah, I don't think you could tie your happiness to anything because then you're not even living in the moment. You're just like, when I get this, I'll be happy. And then you get there and you realize you're still not in the moment being happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even, not... even a goal, like goals are great, but even when you reach a goal, you, let's, say you, let's say you took your whole life to reach a goal and you're 21 years old and you reach it. Then you're like, now what? Yeah, no, nah, for sure. For sure. And that's why you got to have peace of mind. But yeah, like I was talking to one of my friends and, and we had that same conversation. Like, okay, if your goal is to make a half a million, you might work day and night. And then when you reach a half a million, you might be happy for one minute. And then you realize like, okay, now what? Like, right, like, right. And now it's a million. Now it's 10 million. Like it never stops. If, if that's your goal, you're never going to, it's no, it's no end in sight because you can just keep, keep going. So I agree, man. Good stuff, man. Um, anything else you want to add? Where can we find you? Instagram, Twitter, whatever um, else you have. Yeah, Instagram. That's probably the best place to find me. Instagram, my name Rashad Bilal, uh on Instagram. And then also, oh yeah, Earn Your Leisure on Instagram. That's my podcast. So um, yeah, man, you know, check me out. Thank you again for having me. Like I said, man, I appreciate it. 
uh, dope platform that you got. Thank and, you, uh, man. Appreciate it. And I see you building. Yeah. It's really dope what you're doing on Instagram, man. Appreciate you being here. Nah, for sure, man. Like I said, we got to connect. I know, you, I know you're still in New York, too, so we got to connect. Yeah, we actually, we actually did connect after prep school. We hooped a little bit one summer. I don't know yeah, if you remember. Yeah, I used, to see you. I used to see you every now and then because I, I remember you, you was up here in Westchester for a little bit. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Rashad. You're always welcome back, man. Just hit me up whenever you want to talk hoops, man. Yeah, nah, for sure, bro. Thank you for having me. Anytime, Rashad. There it is. Episode 43. Hope you enjoyed the show. Shout out to Rashad for joining in. It would mean the world to me if you share this episode with your friends, man. Share it with your friends, your family, colleagues, coworkers, everybody, man. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all your social media outlets, man. Share it, share it, share it. Um, be on the lookout for episode 44. Combo out.